0: may you be present tonight. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the background of Hebrews 11, I know, I think Pastor Dean was here last week, right? And he talked about this a little bit, but really it's called the Hall of Faith. And so you've got these mentioned all throughout Hebrews 11. Um, It's these champions of the faith. You've got guys like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, like all of these characters that we've learned about in Scripture. Um, amazing stories. Honestly, though, if you, you kind of break down some of their stories too, they're, they're people that struggle in life. I mean, it wasn't just that, that they followed the Lord. There weren't you know, problems in their lives, uh, but the, these are champions of the faith. And then I want to pick up in Hebrews 11, starting with verse 31, because he's mentioned these champions. He's taken some time uh, to go through all of these, these people that have lived by faith, And all of Scripture is for us to kind of take a look at and to encourage us and to learn from. And then he goes into this part of Scripture in Hebrews 11, starting with verse 31. He says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And so he's going to start going through and listing some more of these champions of the faith. And it's really interesting to me that included in this list of, of people, is Rahab. She's a prostitute. And so here's Rahab, and it says, And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, uh, Jephthah, David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. And he just keeps listing these characters. And I don't want to spend a lot of time here in this, but what I love about God is He does this. Like, He mixes in these characters here, like Rahab, um, along with Samuel and some of the prophets. And, and if you go through the, these stories, like Gideon, for example. You know, Gideon was a, a, a man of faith. Uh, he led the armies. I mean, you know, you see him as somebody who's brave. And then if you know anything about his story and, and we see the next scene, I mean, the, the, one of my favorite stories is when the fire falls down from the sky, you know, on the altar. and And Gideon is part of that. And I mean, it's amazing. And he kills all these prophets and and, and then in the next scene, we see him running for his life. You know, and Gideon is a guy that's, he's just like, man, take my life, God. I'm not, I don't want to live anymore. And so he, I mean, even though he's a man listed in, in this hall of faith here, Gideon struggled. And then uh, uh, Samson, we know his story. If you know anything about his story, I mean, Samson was, again, like one of the strongest men in the world, and yet he was kind of stupid too. You know, and he, he lets a girl kind of get to him. And in the end, I mean, it's, it's victorious in that he pushes the pillars apart, you know, but, but there's a sadness to his life too. And yet, God mentions him here in Scripture. And David, we know David's story. He's one of my favorite characters in Scripture. To me, he's like the ultimate male. If you think about David, I mean, he's a guy that, that was passionate for the Lord. Um, he, his heart, he had the heart um, to, to serve God. He was a warrior, like he killed a bear and a lion with his hands. He kills Goliath. Um, he dances with all of his might. He sings songs. He writes poetry. He's kind of like the ultimate male, is at least what I think of. Right, Mitch? It's kind of like Mitch, sort of. Um, you're welcome. So anyway, so here's David. But then if you know anything about David, David gets distracted in the time when the kings are supposed to go to war. He has an affair with Bathsheba, has a child with her. I mean, has her husband killed? Pretty messed up. But, but I think what's cool about looking at Scripture like this is, is just that's what God does. You know, so often we are going to define ourselves by our mistakes. And that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to kind of point out your failures. And what I love about this in Scripture is that God is not saying, that you know Samson who who got tricked, who was foolish and got got fooled by delilah he 's not saying David um, who messed up and had an affair and killed somebody now he does mention that sometimes when he talks about David, but what I love about God is that he 's a God that shows grace and he really does. He honors broken people. Um, he takes David, who, in all rights by the law, should have been dismissed from what he did and yet God puts them here in this list of people that have been redeemed. And so um, he mixes all these champions of the faith together. God restores them their dignity because he's a God that's about restoration and redemption. And so there's so many things we could talk about. I'm just kind of going through fast here because I do have to get to twelve, Hebrews 12. But I do want you to hear that because I think oftentimes um, in your life, again, Satan is going to define you by mistakes that you've made. And people are going to do it. Um, they don't like to see people succeed. And honestly, when you start standing for the Lord, they're going to call you out for things that you've done in your past. That's just what they do. But, but I want to tell you that that's, that's not what God does. I mean, God is going to convict you for sure. Like, he's not going to let you sit in your sin. But the one thing God does is, is he, he redeems and he restores and he wants to do something good. And oftentimes, he does it through our brokenness. And so I love the hall of faith here. Um, as he's mentioned them in verse 33, it says, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. I mean, this is all really cool stuff of what these people did. Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. All incredible stories, right? I mean, if they had social media, it'd be part of their story. This is the thing that you want to put up and let people know that you're about. Powerful things that they did. And it says, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. I mean, all of these miracles that are going on. Warrior language, like awesome things that these people did. They they fought armies. They turned them around. People were raised from the dead. And that's all what these people were doing. And I think right now everybody's saying, that's what I want to experience. And Paul talks about this, about knowing God. If you're here tonight, I am going to make an assumption that there is something deeper within you that you're saying, I do really want to know about God. I really, I do want to know Him. Um, I believe that. I believe that, that, um, that you're here for a purpose. And maybe you don't have it all figured out, which you shouldn't, which none of us do. But you're here because you're like, man, I just want to know God a little bit. But I want to know Him. And Paul talks about it in Scripture. He says to know God. He, he, Paul said, I want to know God. And he talks about the power of his resurrection, to know the power of his resurrection. And honestly, in here, most of us are like, that. I want to sign up for that. I want to be like these people, these champions of the faith that, you know, I mean, the, anything that they did, they, they fought valiantly. Um, they saw people raised from the dead. I want to be part of That's what I want to be a part of. But look at the abrupt change. And, and, and what I love, again, about God is like, this is all part of these champions of the faith. And it says, and others were tortured. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I'd like to be like in the first half of these verses. The next ones that are coming, I really don't, to me, I'm not really looking forward to that, you know, but, but as God is writing this scripture, He's like, all these incredible things happened. And also, people were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better, better resurrection. You know, Paul, when he's talking about really knowing God, he talks about the, to know God is to, to understand the power of his resurrection, but the, he finishes that verse with the fellowship of his suffering. And so tonight as we're kind of talking through this, I just want to be honest with you that if you live long enough, there's going to be some things in life that are difficult and they stink. And if you are going to be somebody that's saying, I'm going to stand up for the Lord, I want to follow the Lord, I can guarantee you that there's going to be difficulties in your life. It's just part of it. Are you depressed yet? You guys of kind of looking depressed. Should we talk about sex and dating? What do you think? No? Um, you should have Pastor Jeff come in and teach that series. That would be really funny and awkward and weird. Yeah. No? Doug? Doug Money? Or Jim? Pastor Jim? That'd be great. Um, and so look at these people. They, they were ones, they were champions of the faith, and yet their story isn't about like stopping the mouth of lions. They were, they were tortured, not accepting deliverance. In fact, in their lives, they were like, I'm not even, that's not even a goal of mine to be delivered from this. My, my goal is to kind of go through this, that they might obtain a, a better resurrection. You know, for, for some of these people, you know, praying for healing and praying for deliverance. I'm sure they did that, but, but honestly, their minds were fixed on what was to come afterwards. Verse 36, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, basically beatings. Yes, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. So like these champions of the faith, some of them not only uh, did they, they face persecution, but they were made fun of for what they were standing up for. That's been happening all throughout time. And so these champions of the faith made fun of, their freedoms were taken away for simply being a follower of God. 37, they were stoned. That means stones were thrown at them. They were sawn asunder. That doesn't sound fun either, does it? They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. I mean, for some of them, again, ultimate sacrifice was paid. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, not very fashionable. You know, so for them, it wasn't about like how they appeared or how they looked. They didn't have designer clothes. That wasn't even kind of a choice for them. But to follow God cost them everything. Being destitute, afflicted, tormented, and then 38, of whom the world was not worthy. Guys, that's such a powerful statement. Man, if somebody were to say that about my life, when I, and, I, and I always say this, I still have, unless the Lord takes me, I still have time here on earth. And you don't know how we'll finish. I might not finish well. My prayer is always, Lord, I just want to finish well. Whatever situation you put me in, I want to finish well. But you look at this verse and and some of these people, the the horrendous things that they, they endured for the cross, and I love that statement of whom this world was not worthy. And I know that we're probably going through a lot of accolades in our life tonight. You're thinking about, this is what I want people to say about me. You know, I don't know what it is, fill in the blank. You know, maybe, hey, I, I want people to know that I was really successful, um, that I was a person that influenced a lot of people, whatever it is, that I made a lot of money, um, that I was respected, whatever that looks like for you, um, that I had people that loved me or, or whatever. But, but for this group here, man, it's such a beautiful description of these people. And it was simply, the world wasn't worthy of them. You know, and one thing I can say that is, as you dedicate your life to serving the Lord, and if you really are going to do that, if you're going to say, I'm going for it, then, then honestly, um, as I said, sometimes there's a sacrifice that comes with that. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing as it, as it says in Scripture, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. So they didn't have designer clothes. They didn't have even a home. And Guys, this is so probably co- you know counter of what you're thinking right now. Because when I'm your age, I'm thinking now about all right, I got to get a job, I got to kind of establish myself, um, you know, live the dream, where maybe you get married, you get a, uh, a house, you know, something like that. You have kids, and and you, you just go after this. So right now, you're in that phase of life, right? You guys are kind of. Mulling through that, maybe it causes some anxiety, to be honest, because you're thinking, I don't know what I want to do, and I don't know what I want to jump on for the rest of my life and do this the rest of my life. I don't know. But, but for some of these people that were followers of Christ, like that wasn't even in on their radar. You know, A home, clothes that were fashionable, any of that kind of stuff, um, they were following the Lord. And then Hebrews 12, let's start with that. So then the author says, okay, so because of this, or wherefore, because of what we just talked about, all these uh, champions of the faith that went before us, whether they were stopping the mouths of lions or, or or seeing people raised from the dead, and then all these other people that were tortured, that were put in prison, that were wandering around, he's like, because of this, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He's like, I want you to think about those things, and so as he's writing through the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's saying to us tonight, hey, you guys need to think about so many people that have gone before us, so many champions of the faith that have walked and have been faithful. And you know, honestly, at times, we can feel sorry for ourselves. I'll be honest, in this season of my life, I, I've had a lot of plans of what I want to do right now with my life, but it's, it's kind of on hold because it's almost like my son is back to when he was an infant. We got to care for him a little bit more than, you know, he's not independent. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, I, why, I, don't, I don't want to do this. I, I want to move on with my life and some of the travel and things that we're supposed to do or that I thought we were going to do. We're kind of placing that on hold. And, and you sometimes tend to feel sorry for yourself or you're not content with your own life. I think that's a big one right now. You guys are always looking at everybody else's life and comparing, and man, I don't have any social media, by the way. I feel extremely old. I am so happy about that, by the way. I really don't. My wife tells me, she, she's kind of in that Facebook world. I know that's for old people, but she'll occasionally tell me like stuff that's going on. I have really little clue of what's going on, and it's, it is amazing. Um, but I, feel, I do feel bad a little bit for you guys because it's just constantly constantly. You know, when I was growing up, I am starting to sound old now, but the 80s were awesome. I feel bad for people who didn't live in the In the 80s, the only people who had a phone, it was like in the back of your car. Some some of the rich kids had one in the back of the car with the little, uh, I don't know, little wire and stuff like that. That was the only cell phone. Like you di- You didn't know what was going on around you, just your little group of friends. And the only way that it could ever be like, if you did something, as if somebody told on you or somebody had a Polaroid and they took a picture right there, but that was literally, or the throwaway cameras, that was the only way, and, and you just didn't know what was going on in the world, and, and I, I think what happens today, because it says in Scripture that en- envy is kind of the root of all sin, and gosh, this is what Satan is doing right now to you guys constantly, like you're comparing and you're, you're looking at each other's lives, and, and, and it's, it's, it's difficult. And so that's what happens to us. We're not content with our lives. When you're in those moments, think of the cloud. Think of this cloud of witnesses of others that have gone before. Those in Scripture have gone before. For me also, it's about some of the missionaries that have served. Pastor Aaron was talking this weekend about missionaries back in the day. They would literally load up all of their stuff in a coffin, um, their goods. That's how they packed some of it because they knew they weren't coming back. And... um, In my life, I just kind of, uh, I don't know if I've shared this before, but um, I got involved in missions. I was teaching, as I said before. Missionaries would come into our classrooms, and uh, they would teach, and, and they would kind of share their testimony, and for the first couple years, for me, it was a little like I had three sections of English 10, and they'd come into my one section of English 10, and so I couldn't keep teaching my other classes, and so I'm like, it's just kind of a wasted day, but let them do their thing. The students were kind of bored with it, you know, but I started listening to these, these missionaries in my classroom, and they were serving in places where um, they were talking about, like, hey, it's illegal for me to share Christ, but, but, man, to see people's lives be transformed, and I know at any moment, you know, and I've got my little kid, I mean, some of these missionaries had their kids over in these countries, and they're sharing these stories, and I knew in that moment, like, man, I talk a lot about Jesus kind of in theory, and I teach him, I teach about him in my, with my students, but for these people, it was radically different, and God started just really convicting my heart. I'm like, you guys are not just talking about faith and, and preaching it and teaching it. You're living it out, and for me, like that, I, I was drawn to that, and so I was in a Bible study, and um, I, I went home kind of that, that night, and I told my wife and I told um, the, some of the guys in the Bible study, I'm like, hey, I think God's called me to do something in missions. And none of the guys in the group, um, it was a husband and wives um, in, in the group, but they'd never gone on a mission trip. So they're like, oh, that's cool. you know. And I told my wife, hey, I think, um, I think God's called me to missions. And our kids were, we, uh, Logan, our, our youngest son was little at the time. And she, in her mind, she's thinking a hut in Africa with the kids, and she's like, "There's no way I'm going. I mean, God's gonna have to change my heart if if He's gonna call us out." And literally for like a year, I would every time I'd say, "Hey, just pray for me because I, I think God's calling me to missions." And every time I was like, "That's cool, we'll we'll do that. We'll pray for you." Until eventually, I'm like, "I, I gotta go because I know if I don't go, I'm gonna be disobedient." I was coaching baseball at the time, and my assistant coach. A young kid, and we were talking. And he was talking about a trip to the Dominican Republic, and I'm like, "So it's baseball?" Like, "Yeah, it's baseball. It's cool. We share the gospel. We play games." I'm like, "That's it. I'm going." And I, it's so funny because honestly, like, I'd never been outside of the country before, and so I didn't know anything about the Dominican. I honestly thought probably I was going to die. I'm not kidding you. I, I remember like kissing my wife. We got up five o'clock in the morning. And kissed my wife goodbye and my son, and I'm like in my head thinking, I'm probably going to die over there, but I know I got to do this, you know. And so I went over, and uh, it, was, it was an amazing trip. Um, you know, and it wasn't really one of those trips. That, I mean, we, they shared the gospel in Spanish. I, I couldn't speak any Spanish. We just went played. I coached. You know, our kids played a couple games. Um, it wasn't one of those moments where you're like feeding hungry people or like, Holding a, a child or something like that, or like leading somebody to Christ personally. But I remember getting on the bus and I'm around other players and coaches, and it was the last day. And like, man, I started crying. I was glad I had sunglasses on, um, but I don't know what it was. I think it was just being obedient. You know, stepping out and be. It, it was this weight that I had carried, and it was just moving forward and being obedient. And it's kind of a long story after that, but it, it allowed me to meet. Um, and and be involved in what I'm doing today and being around missionaries. And so as they're they're talking about this, he's saying, hey, you're compassed about by such a great cloud of witnesses. And because of that, think about them. They're they're watching us. They've gone before. Um, It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset or basically surrounds or traps us. And that's the question I'm going to have you guys ask tonight, okay? So this is, this is I don't know. I don't know where you are on this. Um, usually when pastors talk, their sin is always about speeding or like they eat cereal late at night or something, you know, but pastors sin too. Some of us more than others, Pastor Mitch. But, um, you know, we struggle. <laughs> we struggle with sin. We're human beings. And so I'm not going to ask you necessarily. I don't know what you're comfortable with, um, but I do want you to at least contemplate this, okay? Because what the author is saying here is he's saying, all right, I've just listed all of these people that have gone before. And guys, I, I know, I feel like where I identify you in one place is that I don't, to me, I want real people. I want to be around real people in my life, um, Sometimes we're around people that are, you know, they they can talk a good talk. And they can, um, they might even be a great speaker or whatever. They can inspire you. But for me, I just, I want to be around people who are real. I want to be around people that they're not perfect, you know. And again, that's what God has shown us in Scripture. They're not perfect people, but they were committed to the cause. Like, this was real to them in their lives, And he says, so since we are surrounded by those people, he's like, let us lay aside every weight, all right? So let's look at that for a second, because I want you guys to think about it. What in your life weighs on you? And it doesn't, it's not necessarily sin, but what weighs on you? Because it's all of these things that are going to, it's going to trap you and it's going to stop you if you allow it to from really serving the Lord as he's called you to serve. And, and so, what is it? Maybe it's a past wound. I mean, maybe it's something in your life, someone has hurt you, and it doesn't matter. It's like this, it just kind of, it, it almost is a shroud over you. Maybe how somebody has defined you in your own life or treated you, and so to like serve the Lord, it's always getting in the way. Like maybe you're trying to prove something, and you just never feel like you're, you're going to be adequate enough or, or what is it, you know, in your life that, that is a past wound? Or maybe it is a weakness, honestly. Maybe it's um, physically. You know, maybe you look at yourself and you're like, I can't do that. Man, I, I, I feel like I'm ugly or whatever. You know, what is it in your life where you say, you know how it is. I mean, as you're looking through and you're comparing and you, and you look at yourself and, and sometimes you say, this is the one thing that just keeps holding me back because of this, I've got to do things in my life to get attention. I've got to do something to be different, or, or I'm not confident in myself because of this thing. Guys, sometimes it's just something like your nose. You know, I mean, it sounds stupid, but, it, but it's true. Like sometimes people, it's just their nose. It holds them back from doing the work of the Lord because they're so fixated on that. So what is the weight? A relationship in your life. Maybe it's someone in your life, you know, whatever it is, it's like something that I'm saying right now, you know what it is. I know what my weight is in my life. You know, it's, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there's a weight, you know, it's, there's a weight in my life, and I, and I know it right away when I start talking about it, and, and, it's, and I know that, honestly, if I'm going to keep walking with the Lord, this weight, I, I, I've got to surrender it to the Lord. All right, I'll tell you, control is a big one. That's a huge one for me. That's a weight. Like I want to control. I want to like mitigate all damage in my life. So I spend a lot of my life, like trying to control things in my life. And one of the worst feelings is when you're not in control. But that's that's a weight, you know. And how does it manifest itself? Well, I mean, I've I've gone to some pretty crazy places. Um, I remember one time uh, when we were going to Lebanon, and um, Lebanon is my first Middle Eastern country and we had to sign all, a bunch of stuff to go, and, you know, people were like, hey, if you get um, abducted, like, Indian rocks can't come rescue you, like, all these comforting things, you know, and so I, I sign it, but, and so it, it took a lot for us to kind of get to where we were going to go on that trip, and it literally was, I wake up in the morning, we're supposed to go on an early flight to Lebanon, Middle Eastern country, and on the news, they announced that, we killed Osama bin Laden. I hope, maybe you know who that is, but 9-11, ring a bell. Okay, so like, then everybody's saying, you keep, don't travel anywhere. Don't travel to Texas. It's dangerous, you know. And we're getting on a plane and we're going to a Middle Eastern country. And, and gosh, for me, you start talking about control. Actually, I went with, Stacy Guyer was on that trip too. Your mom was on that trip. So um, amazing what God did. We, we almost didn't go. We thought about it. And that part of me about control kind of got in there, and, and, um, but we decided to go, and it was an amazing trip to be able to share Christ. And so what is it in your life, guys, that that's the weight? Maybe it's a relationship. And then the second question I want you guys to, to, to think through is the sin. What is the sin that traps you? And it's one that, man, and again, I know when I'm saying it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the one that you just keep kind of going back to. And it's the one that honestly, when you, you know, so maybe, maybe um, break it down this way, lust of the flesh. In scripture, it talks about that. What is it that you pursue to find comfort and contentment? You know, the one thing that I just, I go after this, I'm, I'm wanting this to come through for me. And sometimes it's physical, lust of the flesh. Maybe it's lust of the eyes. What is it that you're envying in your life? Man, I want to be like this. If I could just have this, maybe that's a sin or the pride of life. That's something in your life that um, leads to pride and arrogancy in your own life. You know, a false image of trying to prove to others. And then he says, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. And we're almost done, I promise. Um, so what I want you to hear too is that, that if God doesn't come back soon, and God gives you a long life. For some of you, you got a lot of years here on earth. And, and to follow after the Lord, m- guaranteed that you're going to go through difficulties, and you're going to go through challenges. You're going to go through a lot of awesome things too. But as the author's saying here is that if you're going to do it, it's you have to be patient, and, and you're going to have to go slow. It's not a sprint. And so what are the things in your life today, if you're going to survive that, not only just to when you're my age and beyond, like what are the things right now in your life that you would say, man, this is a weight. I know this is holding me back. Even right now, this is holding me back. And then what is the sin in my life, my go-to sin that that I know, like I just keep going back to it, you know, constantly, and it, it, it holds me back. And then Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, Verse 2, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, who do we look to? Who inspires us? It's not just these people that have gone before us, but we look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. Um, you know, when we confess our sins at that moment and believe that in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that Jesus is Lord, um, the promise is salvation. But after that, God is the author and he's the finisher of our faith keep reading on verse 2 who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God you know Jesus was born to die that was his calling in life and and as we're thinking about kind of these next steps hard things in our lives that that we're faced with it says look to him um, he's the he's the one that saw what was beyond what he was going to experience. He was able to look and see that. So the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know, one thing about Jesus that that as we think about him, it wasn't that he was like, man, I'm looking forward to suffering. And the reason we know that is in the garden, he's like, Lord, if this cup could pass, I love that that moment. You know, he was saying. Lord, if there's any other way, um, please. But if not, your will be done. But what got Jesus through that was basically being able to look at the joy that was set before him. And so for you guys, as you go through difficulties in life, knowing that we can look to Jesus. You know, he didn't feel sorry for himself. He wasn't cynical. He's like, oh, this is great. Couldn't anybody else do this? I mean, he wasn't angry at God for it. He actually went to the cross with joy in his heart because he knew what was going to happen. And then just the last verse here. For consider him, Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself unless you be wearied and faint in your minds. Guys, when Jesus went to the cross, think about this. Remember what he said when he was on the cross? He's like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in this verse here, it talks about this, that he took upon the weight of the sin of everyone that went before us. He took upon your weight of sin and all the sin that is after us. And think about that. Like for me, honestly, my sin weighs me down at times. And if we were to list right now everybody's sin in this room, do we want to do that? Just have popcorn? No? Okay. Um, but man, if you were to list all of this, if, if we really were just kind of roll back and see all the sin that we commit just in this room here, imagine the weight of that. And yet Jesus took on the weight of every person's sin. And it was in that moment that, that God couldn't look upon him because he was taking on that sin and he cries out to God. And it's, it's really an intimate moment between him and his heavenly father, the first time ever that his father has turned his, his face from him. And he endured that for us. But this verse says, in your own life. And in my life, right now, when I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm thinking about, man, I wish I just had it a little bit easier, go back to Jesus who endured the cross. He took upon that weight upon himself. And it says, if you don't do this, you'll be wearied and you'll faint in your minds. Basically, what he's saying is, you guys will quit. Um being a believer is hard. It's no joke. It's not for the faint of heart. And so that's why I'm encouraged tonight to see you guys here. And I think if I were to tell you tonight, hey, you guys surrender your life to Christ and you're gonna find the perfect wife, perfect husband, your kids are gonna be awesome, they're gonna be super smart. Um, you're gonna get a great job, you'll never have health problems in your life. I mean, I would be lying to you. That's that's not what scripture says. You know, it's hard, it's difficult. Um, but the reward is so worth it. At times, you'll want to quit. You'll desire comfort. You'll desire instant gratification. You know, you'll be like, man, I'm tired of this. I I just want to live like the world. It seems like it's a lot easier. Some may even limp toward the finish line, to be honest. But God is merciful. I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that He's merciful and He is faithful. And so as you guys are going through your life, when you fail, the easiest thing is this, just get back up. Continue to serve him. Continue to press on. Get back up one step at a time because you are a child of God. Um, I'll close just with this and then break up some time to where you guys can, can talk about those questions. Um, one of my favorite people in the world, his name is Idris. And Idris is a missionary from South Sudan. And when I first met Idris, um, I was pretty intimidated because he's a really tall guy. And in his pictures, he never smiles. And, and I found out why. Um, well, a lot of times in that culture from South Sudan, they don't smile when, when you take pictures of them. So they look kind of scary. and he's literally he's seriously probably about six, seven, so he's like a big dude. And, and when I met him, um, I noticed like he, first of all, he smiled he laughed all the time. And, um, and so he grew up in South Sudan. and at, at one point when I had met him and it's still pretty bad. There's stuff going on in northern Sudan right now, but South Sudan, like famine. Um, I mean, he literally watched um, people starving to death, like they died. It's crazy to think of that, but he watched it. He's like, I've got stories. He said, I've got pictures on my laptop. He's like, I don't even want to show you guys because it's like little kids being hacked by machetes in his front yard, you know? he experienced that he's like for days he went without eating he knew people in his family that they they ate sand like that's what they were eating to just kind of survive and so but this guy is a pastor in South Sudan and the guy is just an amazing man of God and, and laugh like when he laughs it's like this really loud kind of intimidating laugh but he laughs all the time and and so i when i met him you know, I just felt so unworthy to be next to this guy. And when he smiled, I noticed that, I noticed that some of his front teeth were a little messed up. And, uh, and of course, I didn't say, hey, your teeth are messed up. I didn't say that. That would have been really stupid and mean. But I was, I was curious, you know, because it looked like maybe a deformity or something. And uh, he started sharing that um, at one point for his faith, he was put in prison. And so one of the things that they made him do is they tied his hand behind his back, and they just made him stand for hours and hours and hours until eventually he fell, and he fell on his face, and he, he busted up his teeth. And kind of fast forward to today, some churches in America, they, they got to meet Idris, and he's an awesome dude, and they, they said, hey, we want to pay to get your, your teeth fixed, you know, have, have reconstructive surgery. He's like, no, he goes, I, I don't want to. He's like, these are the scars that I share with Christ. And, and this guy, when I met him, I've only seen him in two outfits, honestly. He's come to our conference a couple of times. There's only like two outfits. And he went to our, our thrift store, and we give him a suitcase, and it's like, you can pack whatever you can get in there, you can take home. And so he started kind of packing up stuff for... Um, you saw that he put some outfits in there for himself and then he started putting some suits in for some of the pastors and children's clothes and he's like trying to stuff this thing and there's like no way and you're trying to sit on it and the guy that was with him he's like Idris you can't take all of it so I started watching him man in the sky Idris first thing he takes out is the pants that he picked up for himself you know and he's cramming it down again he he can't close it and I'm like Idris <laughs> you got you got to take some stuff out you know, next thing he takes out is his shirt that he put in there. Long story short, at the end, he took out everything that he put in there for himself. Man, those are the people, guys, that, that they're out there, and they're serving, and they're real. And, and I've told him, like, I, I bet you, you love when you're in the States. He's like, I don't. I want to be home. He's like, you guys don't understand how it is to suffer for the Lord. It's a beautiful thing when you don't have anything, and you have to rely on Him. And he's the, he's the kind of guy in my life that when I'm going through a difficulty and I want to quit, I think about Idris. For a man who's like serving the Lord is so worth it. And so for you guys, that's my prayer over you, um, that you would identify even now, what are the things in your life that weighs you down, that stops you from being that man or woman of, of God that he's called you to be, and what is that sin? So um, we're going to break up into groups, right? And again, if you, I don't want you to make up something, okay, Um, and I, and I, and if you don't feel comfortable really, I'm okay with that too, okay, Um, but just, but I do, if you have some conversation time, and you just want to maybe search some of those things out, or at least say, I don't really want to share with you, but, but I want you to pray for me, because it's something I just, I I need to work through, okay, but let me, uh, let me pray for you guys, and um, as you're doing that, Father, I, I lift up these young people to you tonight, Lord, I know that you have created them. Um, It says in your word that they are your workmanship created unto good works. And so um, you've designed them and you have a plan for them in their lives. And so Lord, I just pray right now that as they're going through this, this could be a moment in their life where, Lord, they just need, they need, first of all, the, the, to bring to conviction, those things that are weighing them down, those sins in their life that are going to if they don't deal with them now, it's just going to follow them all of their lives. And Lord, maybe we can just commit together as the body of Christ that, that we will surrender these things. And Lord, um, that we'll be accountable to each other and, and that we'll walk through them and, and that what you have planned for us, Lord, is, is so much better than the things that weigh us down, the things that um, beset us. Lord, that that entrap us. And so tonight, be in the conversation, uh, Father, and uh, move our hearts right now to be honest to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, two or three.